0: Well, this last couple of weeks, uh, they've been pretty crazy in terms of all of the cultural and societal issues that we have uh, been dealing with. And if you are on social media, especially Facebook, or you're just watching TV or looking at the newspaper, you have seen all of the back and forth uh, things about Supreme Court rulings as well as... Um, Just all of the the terrible news that uh, came out of the Charleston, uh, the massacre that that took place there. Uh, But there's just a lot that we're dealing with as a nation, and and I appreciate it. Sabra's prayer. We are a young nation. Uh, as you look at the age of other nations and everything that's happening with Greece right now, with their economy, we realize that they've been around a long time, and I think they probably will continue. We may have to pay all their bills, but they, uh, they will continue to be around. But nations deal with issues, and sometimes in a positive way, And sometimes in a very negative kind of way. And so we are working through some of these issues. And one of the things that I've noticed as we've talked about these things in our nation is, in fact, one of the questions that came up this past week uh, out in in all of the news is, are we a Christian nation? Now that's a little bit of a loaded question. Uh, Depends on how you define Christian, doesn't it? And it depends on how you look at history. But with that question and with so many of these other issues, it really all comes back to what do we believe about Jesus? Doesn't it? They're all different approaches and opinions and thoughts about these issues and they really have a lot to do with what we believe about Jesus and the particular kind of Jesus that we look to. I want to show you a video I saw this past week um, that was floating around out there somewhere on YouTube and uh, it's a little bit cheesy but take a look. Somebody had way too much time on their hands, didn't they? Um, it just kind of describes how somebody views Jesus, or they're um, having a little bit of fun with maybe how people think of Jesus, that Jesus is this boy scout kind of Jesus. He goes about doing good deeds, and if there had been a target back then in Nazareth, Jesus would have ridden up there and pushed the, the uh, shopping cart back into place, that that Jesus is just that kind of a Messiah, right? That's, that's a good representation of who Jesus is. And that's silly. Uh, but we do have our own particular views about who Jesus is, don't we? It may not be like that, but as you describe your view of Jesus, it may look something very different than the Jesus that we actually find described in the Gospels. I'm looking forward to our Vacation Bible School. Uh, Carrie is our director for Vacation Bible School. And it's coming up this month. Uh, and it is, the theme is uh, Hometown Nazareth. Jesus uh, in his hometown. And we'll have an opportunity to look at Jesus there in his hometown. And learn a lot about him there. As a little boy. As a little boy. And we don't often think about Jesus in that way. But Jesus, as we heard in the Gospel this morning, in Mark's Gospel, and I invite you to find a pew Bible, look at the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 6. And as you look at this, you're going to see a different kind of Jesus. If we were able to have a YouTube video, or if they were able to make such a thing uh, back during the time of Jesus... I think we would have a lot of different uh, approaches to that. There would be a lot of different kinds of Jesus as represented there. Uh, But here, Mark describes for us in the best way that he can, uh, especially as he learns about all of this from Peter, as he's getting an understanding of who Jesus is for himself. He is reporting for us about this encounter that Jesus had. Jesus is going back to his hometown. He's been away, He's been out doing things, He's been uh, performing miracles, He's been teaching, doing all kinds of wonderful things. Great crowds have gathered to come and to hear Jesus. And wouldn't it have been great to be back during that time? Just to be able to see Jesus and to hear Him? Well, Jesus comes back to His hometown in Nazareth, a very poor community. And as he comes back, he goes to the synagogue. He enters into the synagogue and he begins to to preach. This is on the Sabbath, Mark tells us. He's there and he begins to open up God's word to them. And at the same time, he's opening up their eyes and their ears. And they are really on the edge of their seats as they're listening to this Jesus teach. And so a few of them began to elbow each other. And they begin to look at Jesus and they're they're just amazed at his teaching. And they're thinking, this guy, he looks familiar. At first I didn't recognize him, but as I look into his eyes and as I hear his voice and his accent, I, I can remember this is Jesus, the son of Mary. This is Jesus who was a carpenter, and he followed in his father's footsteps and being a carpenter here in our city. I remember seeing Jesus. This is a very different person. I mean, who would have thought that that peasant carpenter would be up here teaching with such powerful language and such authority and to be able to get all of our attention this way. And they were just amazed at his teaching. But really, in the same moment, they begin to criticize Jesus. They begin to think, well, this Jesus, yes, he's powerful and he's doing a great job up here, but we really don't want to listen to what he has to say. We're not willing to really go all out with him in what he is saying. And it says that Jesus found they really had no belief. He was not able to do his great deeds and was not able to demonstrate uh, miracles in their midst because they really didn't believe in Him. They couldn't get past their particular view of who Jesus was. He's just a peasant boy. He fixed our house and He uh, made things for us. That's how we remember Him. That's who He was. I can't really see Him being God's Son in our world. I felt the same way when I went home to preach my first sermon at First Baptist Church, Tyler, Texas. And I remember uh, I was able to go and to preach on a Sunday night. That was back, thank goodness those days are over, back when churches had Sunday evening services. And I had that opportunity, the pastor was going to be out of town or something, and so I was able to go and to preach. And I just remember feeling so nervous because I knew what people would think. Uh, first of all, none of them believed that I had gone into ministry. And when I went back from my first 10-year reunion at high school, Jenny tells a story about meeting one of my friends from high school. And uh, one of my friends who really knew a lot about me. But he had not yet heard that I had gone into ministry. We really hadn't seen each other since uh, high school. And so as he heard that I was in ministry, He just started laughing. And he said, that's a great line. I'm going to have to use that sometime. And he just couldn't believe it. No one could believe that I had become a preacher. And I began to feel a little bit of that prophet in his own hometown kind of feeling. And that's what Jesus had as he was there. And he was trying to do great things in their midst. He was trying to demonstrate the, the power that God had given to him to change the world. But they discounted that. We do the same thing, don't we? We have a particular view about Jesus. And sometimes we uh, get this view from children's Sunday school or in vacation Bible school. And it is a beautiful picture that we get of Jesus. Now, I often talk about the Bible. I remember my dad got me a a Bible. Uh, He was going to Dallas on a trip one time, and he stopped. There used to be a Baptist bookstore right there off of Buckner Boulevard and Highway 80. And he went in and bought a Bible for me. I was able to read at this point. In fact, I still have the Bible. Uh, And it's a hardback cover Bible, and on the cover is a picture of Jesus, this brown-headed, blue-eyed Jesus who had a lamb around his shoulders. I just, I I can't get that picture out of my mind. It was such a, a wonderful thing for me to be able to read about Jesus, but to see his picture on the front. But I'll tell you, that isn't the last picture I have of Jesus that God has given me even more pictures of Jesus. As I've looked through the gospel, as I've gotten to know other people who have believed in Jesus, as I've spent time in prayer, as I have uh, depended on God in different ways, my image of Jesus has changed in so many ways since that day I got that Bible. And not nearly like it should have. But God is good and graceful and allows us to continue to grow in our understanding of Jesus. But I just think back about my own life and I wonder, when were the times that Jesus came into my midst and began to preach and to teach and found there wasn't much there on my part? There wasn't much that Jesus could do in my life because I was not believing in the way that I needed to believe. That happens, doesn't it? might be happening today. As we gather here on this beautiful Sunday morning and as we sing these hymns and we hear this beautiful music. And by the way, thank you Bill and Brass Ensemble and Bill's dad uh, for being here to uh, lead us in, in beautiful music this morning. A great way for us to connect with God. That as we as we gather in this place and in this setting... It could be that Jesus would leave from this place thinking, I could have done so much more. Great things could have happened here today. Miracles could have taken place in the lives of this congregation if they had just believed. If they had just been willing to, to alter their view of me just a little bit to see that I am so much more than they ever thought. We need that kind of expansion, don't we? People have said various things about Jesus in relation to the, uh, the different issues that have gone on. We've got a lot of uh, battles that, that uh, we are fighting in our country. And one of them relates to racism. And we're going to have a, a prayer f- about that and, and being free from racism, or at least a prayer that we could be free from racism. But there's so many other uh, issues that we need to work with. Whether they're relationship issues or issues within our own neighborhoods and our community and our world at large, there are things that we need to talk about and we need to work on. But it's really not going to help until we open our eyes and get to that point of willingness to see Jesus in a way that maybe we've never seen Jesus before. And that comes from opening up the Gospels. It it comes from taking God's word and, and allowing it to speak to us. To approach it in a fresh kind of way to say, Jesus, I think I understand you. But I realize there is so much more that I don't understand. Help me to increase in my belief and in my understanding that great things could happen in my life as you find that there is increasing belief and faith inside of me. I, uh, my Jack gave me a, a watch here uh, for Father's Day that uh, I have on here. And it's a Fitbit watch. I think Jack thinks I'm lazy and uh, need to get out and exercise. Uh, But this is one of those uh, Fitbits where I can tap on it and it will tell me my heart rate right now is 84. Charles, is that okay? Is that pretty good? Um, But as I go out and as I run, I can tap on this and it will tell me what my heart rate is at different points. Like this morning I ran... Three miles, and as I was running, uh, as I started out, uh, my heart rate was at a certain certain number, and then as I was going up a hill, I uh, tapped on it, and it went from like eighty four to hundred and forty five. And as I was finishing up my run, I hit it again, and I could see the different levels of, of the beats per minute that that were going on. And as I look at the scale. I can determine how many beats per minute will uh, burn X amount of calories or be able to create enough uh, cardio exercise to to give my heart the kind of workout that it needs to be healthy. Uh, I can also track it in my sleep and I can see what my resting heart rate would be. When I get up in the morning, I can see what my heart, uh, what the beats per minute were throughout the evening. And uh, if I really want to get in good shape, I'll make sure that my beats per minute are at the right level. But if they're not at the right level, I'm not burning any fat. My table muscle is not really going anywhere, except maybe this way, instead of this way. That my heart is not getting the, uh, the right kind of exercise. As I think about that, I think about what that would look like for us spiritually. If we had spiritual monitors on that measured how well we were doing with our understanding of Jesus and with our belief in Jesus. That if great things are going to happen, if we're going to be spiritually healthy, and if the church is going to be effective in this crazy, messed up world, then we are going to have to make sure that our levels are going up. That we are exercising our faith in such a way that it is making a real difference. What does your faith in Jesus look like today? I had the uh, honor of going to um, Betty Walker's mother's service this this past uh, Wednesday, and was just. And I've been to lots of funerals, been to lots of services, done lots of them. I was really blessed in a unique kind of way at this service. I didn't have a chance to know uh, Betty's mom. And, and, but I felt like I, I knew her after leaving. And by the way, Charles, I really feel sorry for you. You, uh, you definitely... Uh, you had to really be on your toes with your father-in-law it sounds like that uh, he was a great man but very uh, very strict right Betty you would agree with that very strict uh, sound like a, just a great pair this this couple that was uh, married for how many years 69 years and her mother died at the age of 93 your dad died back in 2005. Long time to be together. But one of the things that I heard in this service over and over again was their dedication to the church. They were sold out for the church and, and for what the church represented, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and they were longtime members of what was Sunset Acres Baptist Church that became Springs of Grace Baptist Church. And As I think about that, it reminded me of a lot of people I knew growing up. Who had that same kind of dedication. Pillars of the church. They believed. When Jesus came into their lives. And into their community of faith. Jesus found that there were people there. That were truly amazed. At what they were hearing from Jesus. And they left from that place. Going out into the neighborhood. Into their world. Making a difference. Jesus left from his hometown, and he was a little bit ticked off. He dusted the the, uh, dust off his feet and began to move on, and he found some people who did believe in him, people that had a little bit more faith, and they were willing to be used by God in their world. And so Jesus goes to the disciples. He finds the the 12 disciples that were there, and they were a ragtag group of people. They certainly weren't perfect. But they were willing to step out and to live for Jesus. So so Jesus gathers them together. He says, I'm going to separate you into twos. And I want you to go out into the uh, countryside. I want you to go up and down the highways and the byways around us. And I want you to do great things. I want you to make a difference in your world. I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in the message translation. Let me read this to you. Jesus called the twelve to Him, and He sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. If you're not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw, don't make a scene, shrug your shoulders and be on your way. Then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. That was their message. They preached with great uh, joy and urgency that life can be radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies, healing their spirits. I like the way that that sounds. Jesus sent them out to do the same kinds of things that He had been doing, that they saw Him do, and said, you are empowered to go out there and make a difference in the world. Change the world. So as we sit here today. As we are recognizing that we are the church. We are a part. A local part of the body of Christ in this world. And we're a small church. We're more than 12 though. Look at what Jesus did with 12. Think about what Jesus can do in our world as Jesus finds that we are willing to look beyond our first thoughts about Jesus or the particular image that we have of Jesus that may be good, but it may not be good enough to where he can find that we are willing to step out on our faith. That we are willing to go and to confront the evils of our world. And we think about racism today on this Freedom from Racism Sunday. We realize that is a tremendous evil in our world. We're not done with it. Just because civil rights legislation was passed. Or just because, if hopefully we can have a little bit more uh, progress with the voting rights in our nation. But... Even if those things are done, or even if flags are removed from Capitol buildings, we still have a problem. And that problem is in the hearts of people. But isn't Jesus in the business of changing hearts? Isn't Jesus calling us to be involved in the business of changing hearts? To speak love and truth. But to do it with deeds of justice in our world? I think Jesus is looking to us to make a difference. You think about the evil of a gunman coming into a church and shooting people who just finished prayer meeting. And you think, well, that church didn't have much power. What could they do? Donald Trump has said a lot of stupid things (laughs) this past week and even weeks before. I'm not a fan of his, but I like his hairdo, but I'm not a fan of his. But one thing I heard him say this past week, somebody asked him about the uh, Emanuel Church there in Charleston and just tried to get his comments about it. And he said, you know, that group of people That gathered there after that took place. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he talked about their faith. He talked about the reaction. The the forgiveness that was there. And um, the notion that we're not going to let this keep us down we're going to demonstrate our faith and our belief in God even in the midst of this tragedy. He said, I've just never seen anything that beautiful. I don't know where he stands with his faith. But it sure sounds like he was impressed by their faith. And I think that's a picture for what our world is to look like today. With a church that is fully alive, a church that is... On fire for Jesus, a church that is standing up against the demons and the evils of this world and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And when we are at that kind of church, people can't help but say the same thing about us. What a beautiful thing God has done. Let us pray.